the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, December 6th, a day that will live in infamy. You're listening to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm not Bruce. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of The Ohio Press Network. You can read our stuff at theohiopressnetwork.com. That's theohiopressnetwork.com. And uh, the phone lines are open today, 844-TALK. Nine eight nine. That's eight four four. Talk nine eight nine. And I want to hear from you on well, really anything that's on your mind. But I think we'll talk today about this GOP presidential debate. And Chris Christie did qualify, so the stage will be blessed with his presence, along with Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Governor Ron DeSantis. What do you expect? To hear tonight, I think the border, I think the economy, I think federal spending, particularly in places like Ukraine, are things that must be talked about. America's energy policy should be talked about. But what do you think? And uh, I'm going to play a clip in just a little bit that might shake things up. This might be talked about. Uh, Nikki Haley answering some questions and uh, I think really posing, to be frank, and I'll leave I'll leave that hanging, though. That's a cliffhanger for you. Uh, Hear what she said recently about gender affirming care, that misnomer and uh, trans care for minors. Uh, She's on the record now on those things. And I think you're going to be shocked at what she said. And then uh, at 1135 today, I'll be joined by Carl Johnson. He is founder of the American Project. Actually, he he works with the American Project. I believe General Flynn was the founder of the American Project. Um, Carl is, I believe, the CEO. We'll talk to him about what the American Project is and what it's doing for January 6th detainees. And you're not going to want to miss that conversation. So at 1135 today, make sure that you're tuned in. And uh, if you have any questions for Carl about January 6th, give us a holler. And uh, here we are. We've got a caller already. This is fantastic. And it's our friend, Lad. Lad Dilgard. Uh, welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. How are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great, Jack. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. It's good to have you. Uh, thanks for listening to us and taking time to call in. Um, what's on your mind today? Uh, I could probably guess, but uh, I'll give you the floor. <laughs> well, Jack, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Republican debate tonight, but 
You know, I, I think something that the candidates are not hitting on enough is just the level of government incompetence that we're seeing today. I remember, I'm old enough to remember that the Trump secretaries in his cabinet Mm -hmm. were, as soon as they were confirmed and took office, they were harassed and harangued and bullied. Many of, most of them, I think, ended up resigning um, and leaving office for the tiniest of little offenses. Right now in the Biden cabinet, top to bottom, levels of incompetence, I think, that are historic and not a single cabinet member has left. You talk about the EPA, Pete Buttigieg. We've got a Treasury secretary who I think can't even balance her own checkbook. Um, the, um, the defense secretary with the Afghanistan withdrawal. I mean, can we point to a single cabinet member or member of the administration who you would say, hey, I'd like him to run the McDonald's down the street? Because I don't, I don't see any successes. I don't see anything going well. And the level of government in, incompetence and bureaucratic overreach is just monumental. But this incompetence, it still does not approach the level of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Well, I, I'm glad you're talking about government incompetence. I think one of the things that really it has impressed me with Vivek Ramaswamy is that he has said, we're going to shut down certain aspects of our government, the FBI, uh, the U.S. Department of Education. And he talks about the administrative state being the tail that wags the dog. And I think when you look at President Trump's presidency, he was absolutely hamstrung from the moment he came down that escalator for his swearing in. There were people in the D.C. swamp who did everything on a daily basis to make his job harder. And I don't know how many people fully understand the size, the power, and the inherent protectionism built into the administrative state in Washington, D.C. I talked to Rick Grinnell about it once, and and Rick Grinnell uh, was an appointee by President Trump. And he said, you know, the problem with Washington, D.C. is there's kind of this feigned pushback. All of these people live in the same place. They go to church together. Uh, They live in kind of this bubble. And so they really don't want to hurt each other. They really don't want somebody to be out of a job. They really don't. And so it's just this world that, frankly, I think the average American has no clue exists. And when somebody like Donald Trump who does, and this is it, he does not respect them. He does not respect the people who talk a big game on C-SPAN and then go out to dinner with the lobbyists and are in the pockets of these lobby firms and and businesses that that fund these lobbying firms. He doesn't respect them and they hate him for it. So I'm glad to hear you talk about that. Um, Let me play this clip for you before we get into the Cleveland Browns because – uh, I, I'm I, I'm shocked by it, and hopefully I can I can tee it up. We're having some technical difficulties here. Uh, let me see. Uh, Madam Ambassador, another question is: What care should be on the table when a 12 year old child in this country, assigned female at birth, says, "Actually, I feel more comfortable living as a boy"? What should the law allow the response to be? 
Well, I think the law should stay out of it, and I think parents should handle it. That was Nikki Haley. If a minor child, say 12-year-old, wants gender-affirming care, the law should stay out of it, and parents should decide. How do you think that's going to play, Lad? I don't think that's going to play very well, and, and I don't think I'm really surprised by her answer. I, we've known Nikki Haley to be kind of on the left side of the Republican Party um, across a number of issues. I mean, she was she was pretty um, open to the inflation-causing infrastructure bill that went through um, the year before last. Um, she has she has been um, friendly to the climate change crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think her answers on climate change um, show that she really doesn't understand the war um, that's been declared on us, you know, by the elites in, in terms of the green agenda. You know, so Nikki Haley doesn't impress me as a conservative or someone who will really move the conservative ball forward. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I, I think she's a, a gifted speaker. Um, she is she is probably a good manager of of things, mm-hmm. um, judging by what I've read from, about her in South Carolina. I think she'd be a great head of an agency somewhere. Um, but in terms of a president, that's that's not somebody who is going to be elected. And people are pointing to um, her her polls versus Biden are the best. She's she's ahead of him by whatever, 10 to 12 points versus Trump is five or six points ahead of Biden in these polls. But that's because the artillery and the machinery of the media and the Democratic Party hasn't been squarely aimed at her like they have been with DeSantis and Trump. As soon as the media comes out and calls her the next Hitler or a fascist and a threat to democracy and all of these ridiculous things, and the, her, her lead will go down to more of a Trump level. So I, I think Haley has is, is had her, her best moments in the primaries, and I don't think she's going to go up any further. Um, but it will be interesting to tune into the debate and to see how many votes that she gets in February and March. Yeah, I, um, I'm curious to see if that question is asked of her tonight. Okay, where do you really stand on it? Um, and, Lad, we've got about 40 seconds here. Can I keep you on the other side of this break to talk about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> sure, Jack. Okay. I'd love to. Okay, great. Uh, so stick with us. But um, to finish that thought on Nikki Haley, um, it's stunning to me. I understand what she's doing. She's doing here what she's done with abortion, which is she's making it palatable, the, the answer palatable. With abortion, it was, you know, we fought for 50 years to make it a state's rights issue, and that's what it is, and that's what it's going to be. And with this, she's saying it, does, it it belongs in the hands of parents, which to some people who believe in parents' rights, they're going to go, well, okay, that, that, that makes sense. But to people who tr- truly understand the risk and travesty of trans care and how it actually makes the child worse off, uh, I, I think that that's going to be a, an issue that she's going to regret speaking out on the way that she has. So uh, more on that and the Browns on the other side of the break. Welcome back into the Bruce Woolley Show. Jack Windsor here, joined by Lad Dilgard on the phone line. We're talking government incompetence, an issue that could probably take up the next 200 shows here. Um, but, <laughs> but we've cut that short. And uh, anything else you want to 
you, you want to end on that with before we jump into another another dumpster fire of incompetence called the Cleveland Browns? No, just with Nikki Haley, you brought up a great point. Uh, I want to say that parental rights doesn't extend to butchering your children. And when when someone says that that's a, a parental right, they're they're really twisting the meaning of, of that. Um, Asa Hutchinson tried tried the same ploy um, and in Arkansas, and I don't think that's that's gone very well for him in the presidential race. So I just leave that leave that there. But you raise a great point. Yeah, I thank you for saying that. I, I've said that because I'm a parents' rights act, act, uh, activist. I don't know believer, uh, firm in that position. And, and I've said that it does not include abusing your kids. There's a right that you have up to that point. And we talked yesterday about the fact that the two biggest um, contributors to the trans movement are drug companies. Uh, one sells chemical castration drugs. The other sells uh, HIV elixirs. Uh, so this isn't about taking care of our kids. It's about giving the medical industrial complex more revenue streams. And it's disgusting when people ignore that nuance, and it is abuse. So um, talk about abuse. Uh, <laughs> abusing the goodwill of a great contract and a lot of money, uh, it starts with Deshaun Watson, doesn't it, uh, for the Cleveland Browns? You know, that that might go down as the most lopsided trade in NFL history. I, I think um, – you can fact-check me on this, but I believe the six – draft picks that were have been received by Houston for Deshaun Watson are all starters or starting most of the time. And Deshaun Watson is about three for 34. You know, he had three good games of the 34. He's been under contract in the first two years. And that three is relative, obviously, but it isn't more than five. And what, what really perturbed me about Deshaun Watson is that he wasn't on the sideline anywhere last mm. Sunday. Mm. You saw Joe Burrow, uh, who also has a an injury, season-ending injury, and he's down there, you know, on the on the iPads, working with the younger quarterbacks, uh, working with his team. Deshaun Watson's up in the owner's booth, you know, sunglasses on and kicked back, you know, with his wife or girlfriend or whatever. But that just doesn't it well with me. A guy who's being paid $230 million and the organization basically mortgaged part of their future to think that this guy would take him to a Super Bowl. And he doesn't seem to be a team player. He wasn't that effective. I thought he made a lot of dumb mistakes in games. Mm -hmm. Clearly, he's a good athlete, has a good arm. But the Browns had a good quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Um, I think they they didn't do well by him, you know, and I think th that they should have stuck with him a little bit longer. But in the organization that hired Hugh Jackson and then hired Freddie Kitchens, mm. I thought they could not get any more incompetent. But <laughs> this is Biden, Biden cabinet level incompetence from the Cleveland Browns. It's it, it's stunning. And, it you know, it gets worse every week when you watch. And I, I do want to acknowledge what you said about the difference between Deshaun Watson and Joe Burrow. Words and actions are a barometer and what they're doing in their injury time away is telling. And he, he, Deshaun Watson is up in the suite hanging out, 
you know, probably eating some nachos, whatever. And Joe Burrow is down coaching up a young quarterback. And by the way, uh, their backup looked like an all pro on Monday night. And I don't know if the, you know, calm, you know, cool as a cucumber thing comes from having somebody like Joe Burrow there, you know, coaching you up and, and giving you confidence and praise. But what, I mean, what a tale of two different types of people, right? Um, do you think the Browns have a shot at making the playoffs? Well, Joe Flacco, I think the announcers pointed out on Sunday, when he was with the Ravens, he made few mistakes. He had a strong running game and a strong defense and, and a good kicking game, much like the Browns. He, he could take them a long way, I, th- I think, um, if the Browns had a little bit better play calling and, and some kind of the crazy mistakes of the, the turnovers and the pre-snap penalties and, and those sort of things, which just blow your mind. But Flacco um, seems to have a good arm. He throws a tight spiral. I just don't understand when you have, you're down by one point and there's seven minutes left to go in the game and you've got a quarterback who's brand new to the team um, who's clearly not always on the same page with the receivers. The receivers are going a different direction than what he thinks they should go. And you've got a great running game. Yeah. You know, you average four, five, six yards a carry constantly with these running backs, and you throw it three times, or, you know, you have a three and out, or you throw it really deep for an interception. I don't understand the play calling and – I don't think the Browns can go very far with the type of play calling that they've had. It just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Yeah, and if you watch the tape of uh, their last game, I think um, I think there's a code there that's been cracked on that defense. And yes. they're injured. Miles Garrett's not healthy. Uh, but they were gashed. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, a big play here and a big play there. They were gashed the whole game. And uh, so now I think uh, the code has been cracked. We'll see how they how they perform. I don't feel good about the Browns uh, at all. Uh, about 30 seconds here, lad. Let me ask you this question because I had it asked to me today. Do you think that the Florida State Seminoles were robbed or do you think Alabama being in the playoff is the right move? I don't think that's the right move. I think Florida State was undefeated and they won a Power 5 conference. Um, I think they should be in the final four. Um, you could make all kinds of arguments um, about, you know, Alabama being stronger, tougher schedule, whatever, but Florida state did what they had to do and they should be in, in the playoffs. And you might remember you're a history guy, but in 1973, both Michigan and Ohio state finished the season 10 and 0 and they met. And I think they, it was a 10, 10 tie. And the Big Ten decided to send Ohio State to the Rose Bowl because Michigan's quarterback had gotten hurt. I believe that, that those are all of about that. five seconds left. Michigan never forgot that. I think I think that's what was what happened to Florida State. Well said. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.